0: Welcome to The Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, September 27th, 2023, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we have a beautiful, beautiful story for you. We're not going to just hear from a domestic adoptive mom. We're not just gonna hear from her and her child, but we're actually gonna hear from the triad. Uh, a birth mother, her son that she placed in the arms of a mother, all three of them here today to tell their beautiful story of redemption, of hope and of uh, an open adoption. So we're gonna get to hear from Renee uh, Bratton, who lives in Rapid City, South Dakota. She actually joined Lifeline's team this July as casework supervisor for our South Dakota team. Uh, Renee studied social work at Northwestern College in Iowa. She received a master's in social work from the University of Nebraska in Omaha, and she's a licensed clinical social worker in South Dakota. Renee has been married to Kevin since July of 1993. Kevin is a CPA and part owner of a local public accounting firm in Rapid City, South Dakota. They have two children who both joined their family through domestic infant adoption. Their daughter, Sarah, lives in Rapid City, and she is the mom to Renee and Kevin's first grandchild. But also their son, Jonathan, who's with us today, he also lives in Rapid City. And Jonathan is a financial accountant at an engineering company, and he is engaged to Amara, and they are planning on being married in 2024. But... We also have the joy of being joined by Rebecca. She's the director of spiritual care at a healthcare system in Colorado. She and Dwight are mom to Jacob, and Jacob and his wife have blessed Dwight and Rebecca with their first granddaughter. Uh, Jonathan has known Rebecca, his birth mother, and her family for his entire life, and they are the story of a beautiful, open adoption. But before we bring on the venerable and respected Um, And aged Dr. Rick, I want to remind you about our program Worthy. Worthy is our mentor program. Uh, It's a new church resource designed to connect local churches with women who have experienced unexpected pregnancy. It's a 10-week one-to-one mentoring relationship that is guided by a 10-week Bible study. Through mentoring relationships, women can know the hope of the gospel and find support through local church connections. It is our goal for women going through this mentorship to know that they are made in the image of God and worthy of the life that he has for them. You can find more information, how to get involved at lifelinechild.org backslash worthy, lifelinechild.org backslash worthy, or as always, you can see in our show notes. Well, Dr. Rick, this is a beautiful story and it's so beautiful. We didn't want to interrupt that with a dash on our promo. So we just went with the backslash <laughs> worthy. Um, you know, it's that time of the the podcast that everybody looks forward to. When the, the silver tongued one, Dr. Rick, joins us uh to to give us his thoughts on what is to come.
1: Well, before I talk about what's to come, I just want to say that we finally conquered the beast at Lifeline. We've decided to name everything with one word. And that's that way we have banished the dash for Let's hope.
0: Let's hope. We at least have for a week. <laughs>
1: Well, we we may we may have uh, banished the dash for a week, but um, but we also have have brought together a, a family and a group of folks that have an incredible story. And, um, you know, I think it it I've really been looking forward to the opportunity for us to to be able to talk to these folks. And 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 I think there is um there's really a perspective here that that we at Lifeline want to you know we we want to pervade to the world and we want to we want to talk to the church and say that um, open adoption is is a good thing and it's and it's something that um that ultimately can reflect the gospel and 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 put on display um you know God's honor and God's sovereignty and God's, um, you know, creation of all of us in his image. And, and so, uh, today we're gonna, we're gonna get to hear, um, something really special.
0: So Dr. Rick, you know, just as if we even introduced, what a, what an awesome experience we have today, uh, to have Renee and Jonathan and Rebecca on with us and really just to tell a holistic story of life. A holistic story of of just the journey of adoption and and the ups and downs of it, but also just the the beautifulness of relationship, especially uh,
1: relationships that that the Lord has brought. Yeah, I, I you know Herbie, I, I think um, we we don't often get to tell a story like this, and and to have um, you know a group of people that God's brought together through adoption, and to be able to sort of you know, share the story from all sides, and so um, I, you know, I feel like we're holding you know treasure in our hands today, in in being able to, uh, you know, to help to share this story, and and I, I think it's this is so indicative. We were even talking offline before, you know, before we uh, started the interview, that um, this like this is what we want the church to see, and and this is this is the kind of story we want the church to understand, and so I just. I really prayerfully today say that I, I hope folks are just listening and attentive and, 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 and just soak in, um, th- this incredible story and just, um, love the fact that, um, and, and, th- and I'll just say to, to all three of you, thank you for, thank you for trusting us, um, to, to do this with you today. Cause we're, uh, we, we feel that it's a pretty awesome privilege. Yeah. Well,
0: Renee, I think just, just to get us started, will you just share a little bit more about your family's adoption journey?
2: Yep, I um, met and married my, well, I met my husband and married him when I was 28, and so we were anxious to start a family, um, and we, I'd been working, actually, in the adoption field for a number of years at that point, and um We we encountered infertility in our marriage, which was felt um, just just hard, you know, at that time. Um, We we dealt with that for a year or two and pretty quickly moved to the decision to to build our family through adoption. Um, I think having worked in the adoption field, that was a pretty easy direction for me and and for my husband to move into and. So we um, pursued domestic infant adoption and um, just went on that journey like a lot of other couples who are dealing with infertility do. And in in a fairly short amount of time, we we were privileged to meet Rebecca and her family and um, bring Jonathan into our family. So I don't know how much of that story you want me to tell right now, but that that's kind of where we started with adoption
1: Rebecca I'd love to you know hear your part of the story and and really just to get you to share your perspective Mm -hmm. about um you know choosing life for Jonathan and 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 about you know the the choosing of adoption and that being a choice that you know was in his best interest and in your best interest
3: sure um So I guess my part of the story uh, started when I was um, 18. I was in college and I remember being in a um, in a speech class and hearing a another girl share about her experience with an open adoption. And I remember thinking in my head, you know, if I if I ever found myself in that situation, that's what I would choose. And um, a few months later, I found myself in that situation. And, um, you know, I, I have to say that it was not, um, it was not an easy, um, and not an easy journey. I had a very supportive family and I really think that they would have been there for me no matter what decision I chose. But I, you know, from, from the very beginning just knew that adoption was not only, the right decision for me but just in thinking of the life that I wanted for my child I couldn't imagine anything um anything other than that I had friends in high school who had um chosen different options uh, one chose abortion and one chose um, to parent and just watching their struggles um I knew that my child deserved better that Jonathan deserved better um the first agency that I went through didn't feel right. There just was something that just didn't feel right to me, and so the second one um, just it just felt like home from the minute I walked in. And I think that God was really directing me in that direction because that's where I met um, Kevin and Renee, and um, just from the very beginning, just their their love and their acceptance. Sorry, I'm tearing up. Um, just for me and all of the um, just the struggles that I was going through at the time, it just really felt like God connected us from the from the very beginning. Um, and I'm not going to say that it was an easy decision because it's certainly one of the hardest things that I have ever um, walked through in my life. I remember being in the hospital. And in the early mornings, um, when there was nobody else there, I would have them bring Jonathan down from the nursery and I would just hold him and I would just cry. <laughs> um, because I knew that this decision was forever changing the lives of a lot of people. But, you know, I wouldn't go back and do anything different. I, I really wouldn't. Um, there's not a single decision or moment that I would change. Because of where we are now.
0: Oh. That's beautiful and so so inspiring. And I mean, Rebecca, you are truly a hero to choose life. And I love even just you being able to tell that story because so many people don't realize that um, that, that it's beautiful, but it's also hard and difficult and emotional. Mm-hmm. and uh, so grateful for your choice of life. Um, and the way that you've loved your son from the very beginning. Um, Renee, I know, and of course, you've done this work for a long time. It's really easy to preach, but it's a lot harder to practice. And so I know you and I are are equally yoked in believing that open adoption and care for women is at the pivotal piece of what we do. Um, And yet to have to walk through that, Talk to us a little bit about your perspective and your journey on choosing on on, on choosing an open adoption with Jonathan's birth mother, with Rebecca.
2: Yeah, you know, I had, as I said, I'd worked in adoption for a number of years when we adopted Jonathan and it was my work in adoption that really convinced me that open adoption was the right way to do adoption. Um, this is back in 1997, and open adoption was not commonly practiced at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched the people involved, meaning the adoptive parents and the birth parents. and I and the ones who chose more openness just had a just a healthier approach to adoption. The birth parents were were much better able to confront their grief and loss. Um, with the decision they were making, the adoptive parents um, seemed to have kind of approached adoption with really, truly the best interest of the child at heart and not their own need or desire to parent. And so we went into adoption um, desiring to have an open adoption. Um, That was our, our wish going into adoption. And when we met Rebecca and her family, it it it, it was um, it was miraculous. I don't I don't know how else to say it. My husband and I went home from that weekend, and I said, "We're never going to be able to tell people about this because God was so um, in it." And um, we loved Rebecca and her family from that moment on and really went into it with the idea that this is a relationship we're committed to forever. We don't know what it's going to look like. And and I will be really honest and tell you that um, where the relationship has grown to, if somebody had told me. 26 years ago when we brought that baby boy home that that's what it was going to look like I probably would have said oh that's probably a little too much um but that's you know it's a relationship and and we embraced it as a relationship and um allowed it to become what it has become today which is I mean, Rebecca and her family, we spend every Thanksgiving together. They come, and they're our family. and and they do family. they They came to um of course, they came to Jonathan's high school graduation, but then a few years later, they came to my daughter's high school graduation. and they were family. And um that that's that's what we are
1: that is um beautiful and awesome <laughs> like such uh you know such a, a a neat confession and and I think you know Rebecca I I really from your perspective um you know I think folks want to hear like from your perspective what what has it looked like for you to be in a relationship with Renee and Kevin and Jonathan over you know over the years and um, you know, how's that played out for you?
3: You know, I think it's, um, it's really been an evolution. Um, I think, you know, I think that maybe the thing that people don't understand about, um, open adoption, at least for me, was that when I went to court, I signed papers for a closed adoption. And so you're sitting in a courtroom, you know, listening to the judge explain that you understand that you're never going to have any knowledge, any rights, any understanding of what happens from here on out. And so for me, it was this, you know, you're 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 signing one thing, but then you're placing your trust in these people that you've just begun to get to know trusting that not only they're going to take care of your of your child, but also that they're going to honor the promise that they've made. And so um, it's not it's not an easy place to step into, but it is a beautiful place to step into. Um, From, from, you know, at at the beginning, I don't think I realized how how much I was hurting and how much I was grieving and how how hard, it was going to be for me to come to terms with my role in this, because, you know, I'm, I'm a mom in one sense, but I'm not a mom in the other. And so just, you know, having to come to terms with, with my own understanding of what this looked like. Um, and so from at the, from the, from the, at the, in the early years, I, um, I am so grateful that, that Renee and um, Kevin kept, kept sending me pictures and kept sending me videos and pursuing that because um, that's what I needed. I would I cherish every single one of those pictures. Um, I would watch videos of Jonathan, you know, learning to crawl and learning to walk and talk. And I, I, w- I would cry because, you know, he was he was growing and, and um, but there was also a hole for me. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, what I needed was just, just to be able to see that, that, that my trust, um, that, that trust and that, that relationship was, was honored. And, and eventually, um, you know, I started engaging more. Um, I met my, my now husband, when Jonathan was about six months old. and just the way that he embraced this relationship from the very beginning was amazing. nothing short of a miracle. Um, our son Jacob, has called Jonathan his brother since the time he could talk. Um and so, you know, our first time to come up to South Dakota and visit in person was when Jonathan was seven. It was for his seventh birthday. And um I remember just how natural it felt to be there, and I remember telling Dwight. I said, "You know, I'm actually kicking myself that we didn't do this sooner mm-hmm. <laughs> because it just it just felt so natural and um, and so like Renee said from that from that time on, we've been spending every Thanksgiving together and um, and to try to explain to people how it works, I I, I can't. It 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 just does. <laughs> um, and, and I think that, um, you know, over, over the years, you, you, you just, just like with any relationship, it, it grows and it changes. And, you know, as Jonathan had more questions, um, I'm grateful that he felt comfortable to come to me and ask those hard questions and have those hard conversations. I'm grateful that I was able to be there for those conversations, um, it, it and now that, um, that Jonathan is an adult, that relationship is, is growing and changing. And, um, I am incredibly grateful for everything.
0: That's, that's beautiful. And and here we are, uh, talking in such a great way. And Jonathan, you're getting to hear this. Everybody's talking about you. You're, you're <laughs> at the center of this relationship. Um, you know, Wow. I think I think people, even when they they're talking about it, uh, open adoption, people ask, well, what's it going to feel like for a child who's in the middle of that? And and I'd love just to hear your perspective. As we've talked about you, hear your perspective of of what life has looked like. How has having a relationship uh, with Rebecca and with your adopted family shaped the person you are today? Uh, how's it enriched you? Um, what, what are you, maybe some struggles you've had with that?
4: Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I can say is, um, you know, growing up, like, obviously there, you know, there are questions when you have, you know, mom, but you also have your birth mom. Um, and there's a lot of things that kind of pop in your head. And I think the thing that, you know, has been different in my story, as opposed to a lot of kids' stories is, I had someone, you know, as Rebecca touched on, I had someone that I can just go to and ask, like, I can just say, Hey, Rebecca, why, you know, why was this that way or whatever, you know, whatever the question is. Whereas, you know, there's a lot of people that don't have that opportunity to just, you know, when they're eight years old and they're like, you know, wondering about, you know, one thing or another, they can just go and ask. Whereas, you know, there are other people that they don't have that opportunity. So there are a lot of things that I just like there that I pondered or wondered about, you know, mom, uh, would tell some of her clients a story about there was one night, I don't remember how old I was. I might have been about 12, but I was just kind of rattling off random things about like my appearance, you know, my hair color, my eye color, you know, my nose shape, whatever. And I was like, I get, you know, my hair color from Rebecca. I get my nose shape from Nate. You know, I get my eye color from Rebecca. And like all that stuff, you know, I could just naturally think about, you know, because I knew them and I had that relationship with them and I grew up with them. You know, as Rebecca said, you know, they'd been. In our family and we've been family for you know as long as i can remember so a lot of that stuff just kind of came natural to me and um you know as an adult looking back you know i just think how different that story would have been or could have been um you know had that not been the case and so i'm just very you know grateful that you know obviously grateful rebecca chose life as you know that i think that doesn't need to be said but i also think you know the fact that they decided to go with an open adoption i think just you know made that so much easier. And obviously, you know, there were some struggles, you know, in our house, mom and I kind of look back and chuckle at it now, mother's day for whatever reason was just the worst day in our house every year. Um, and at the time I just, I didn't have any understanding as to why, but you know, as an adult now I can look back and say like, Oh, now I know why, because you know, it's kind of that tear between, you know, the two women that I call mother in my life. Um, but, yeah, no, it's been it's been really cool to, um, you know, be able to look at it and see um, just kind of how both of their impact on my life has kind of shaped who I am as a person um, and just kind of brought me into the person that I am today.
1: So, Jonathan, I, I I wonder and and would just love to hear you talk a little bit about um, your experience and and everything that you just kind of talked about how how has that um like what's your view of adoption what 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 do you say to people about um about how you know about what adoption is and 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 how people should view it
4: yeah so normally what i like to do is when i when i tell people i'm adopted you know i'm very open about it and I kind of just answer whatever questions they have, because it's kind of, you know, for someone who's in it, it's like, you know, a lot of stuff you just kind of know. But it's kind of fascinating to listen to some of the questions that people ask. <laughs> um, and, you know, like they they use ter- the term like real mom or they call Rebecca mom or, you know, they call Nate dad or whatever, because they just they don't know, um, you know, how else to ask it or really what good <laughs> questions are. Um, whereas, you know, for the three of us, like it all just kind of comes naturally. And so we're just like, oh yeah, this is just normal. But for a lot of people, it isn't normal. But, um, you know, I, I, I try to, uh, you know, there's not really a good, like, obviously we, you know, I call them my birth mother, my birth father, but there's not really like a one word, uh, title to like summarize what they are in my life. You know, like, you know, Rebecca is my birth mom, but like, I call Renee mom, um, and like people ask like, so like, what kind of relationship would she be to you? I'm like, I don't I mean, how do you describe it? I mean, there's not really <laughs> a, a term that's been invented for that position. Like, I think growing up, I would always say it's like an aunt and an uncle that you're really close to, but even that doesn't, you know, encapsulate it, right? Like it's just, it's just such a unique position to be in. And it's really cool to kind of, um, say that I've, known them since i was born and since Mm -hmm. i've been able to remember anything and um that really helped make this whole situation not um awkward really on anybody when you know throughout the times that i was grown as i was growing up and meeting them like it never felt forced it never felt awkward like it was just we're going to see family and that's you know that was just how we looked at it so
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I love just the enrichment of all of those relationships in your life. And John, even just the honesty to say, hey, Mother's Day was hard. There were hard things about it. This hasn't been a walk in the park. Um, But, you know, life isn't a walk in the park, but it's still beautiful because of God's design and the way that he brought us together for community. Um, You know, even as you're talking, I think of of how the Lord says, hey, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. But the second is to love one another as yourself. And just to to know that uh, you've seen that lived out, this unselfishness. And sometimes unselfishness is really hard because sin wants us to only think of ourselves. But to see that unselfishness from Rebecca saying, you know what, I'm not at a stage right now today where I can parent. But I'm going to unselfishly love my child so much that I'm going to give him life and an opportunity. And Renee, for for you and and Kevin to say, you know what, um, we are, are are longing for the gift of a child, but we're going to share that gift uh, with this woman who gave him life. Uh, I know that's hard, but it's also beautiful. And, and Renee, you've been in the position of encouraging others towards domestic adoption for for so long. What advice would you hear someone? Uh, Would you give someone who may be hearing this or may listen to this podcast in the future who's thinking about domestic adoption, who may even say, I don't know if I've got that in me. What advice would you give them to go forward with a domestic adoption, knowing that we're called to have these open relationships?
2: Your life. It's not only about your child. It's ultimately about your child. But my life and my husband's life is so much richer because of these relationships and you you've had an opportunity to meet rebecca and hear from rebecca so you know what an amazing person she is and you know relationships um i think the openness to the relationship is the key and then the dynamics of the particular people that you um end up in life with dictate what that relationship will look like and not every relationship will look the same because the people coming into those relationships are different so my advice is go into it with with the the hope and belief that everybody's lives will be better for the the sacrifice and and you know, I don't know. I, I can't really say it felt sacrificial to me, but I did grow, you know, so there like there was a time when it was hard for me to to call Rebecca Jonathan's mom. Because I'm like, well, I'm I'm mom. But now, you know, that doesn't feel odd to me at all. Now, Jonathan, as you heard, refers to her as Rebecca. But um, and and you know, there's growth, I I guess, just, you know, you're not going to be in five years and 10 years and 20 years where you are right now. Um, And the other thing is just what you mentioned, like, open adoption is beautiful, but it doesn't take away the fact that there's a lot of pain and loss Mm -hmm. in adoption, and you really have to be um, mindful of of that and honoring that and validating that for everybody involved and wow,
1: Renee, I that thank you for thank you for saying that because I I think you know as we've heard th- this story and and all of you unfolding and kind of talking from your perspectives beauty is the word that that comes to mind I mean I think there's you know you you look and you say there's God's handiwork all over this. And but but it's like it's hard too, right? Like they're like all of the all of the story is not easy. And uh and I think the way the way that the Lord uses even the hard um in in ways that shape us and change us and grow us together and all of those things is is you know is is so um I think I I think it's encouraging. <laughs> Because uh, because, you know, we see that the Lord really does work all things together, you know, for our good, if we're if we're called according to his purpose. And and so, Rebecca, I kind of turn to you and say, um, you know, even talking about some of the hard of this, like what encouragement would you give to to women who find themselves in an unplanned pregnancy?
3: I think the first um, the first thing I would say is that um, know that you're not alone, that there are um, many people that have walked in your shoes, have been where you are and um, know that you are not alone. Um, The second thing I guess I would say is find people that you can trust that are committed to being on this journey with you and that will support you as you make your own decisions and not try to push you into what they want. Um, And get factual information about all of your options. And I I do mean all of your options because um, not not everywhere you go, not everywhere one you'll talk to will give you all of of the information. And so make sure that you're getting that information. And then I guess really, you know, this has become such a central part of my life and my theology and my journey. But um, just also remember that you're created in the image of God. (laughs) Every single one of us are. Um, And that because we're created, because you are created in his image, he pronounced you good.
4: Mm -hmm.
3: And being pregnant doesn't change the fact that you are good. There is nothing, nothing in your life that will change the fact that God loves you, that that you are good, that you are created in his image and, and that um he has a plan for your life.
0: Amen. And I I, <clears throat> I would pray that that message would resonate with any young woman who finds herself in a situation um, where <clears throat> she has a pregnancy that she wasn't planning, maybe it was even born out of crisis, uh, that, that not only is that child, which we like to talk about, made in the image of God, but that woman is uniquely made and knit together in the image of God. She's special. And uh, Rebecca, we're so grateful for you. Um, and uh, so grateful for the way the Lord made you, informed you, and that He informed these decisions to give a gift to Renee and Kevin, but also to give Jonathan a gift of life. Um, you know, Jonathan, you have a gift really as a 26-year-old young man that you've met your your birth mother. You you know you have a relationship. There's a lot of 26-year-old adoptees that they've never even laid eyes upon a picture of Of their their birth parents, and never they never had a relationship or a conversation, and I'll be honest, there's some twenty six year olds that might be even a little bit reticent to to try to have a reunion with their birth family. You just what encouragement or advice would you give to a child who's come into a family through adoption, who wants to know a little bit more about their birth family? or maybe is a little bit resistant to take that step and to try to, to meet with uh, their birth mother or, or their birth family.
4: Yeah. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a lot of people that, you know, whether it's open or it's closed, you know, that that doesn't mean that it isn't hard. And it also doesn't mean, you know, that there aren't questions that you have, you know, even, even in my situation, there were a lot of the questions that, you know, you think of as generic, like, as an example, I think, Rebecca, I've asked you this question, like, you know, why didn't you keep me? You know, that question is, you know, whether you know them or not, that's still there. Um, You know, when you don't know them, the question is more, why didn't they want me, you know? And um, I just, the encouragement I give is that, you know, for one, no question that you asked hasn't been asked by someone else. You know, none of us are really in a unique position where um, like, we're the only person that was placed for adoption doesn't, you know, either knows their parents, doesn't know their parents, whatever. Um, you know, there are other people in that same situation. And, you know, some advice that I would give would be, um, to not try to bottle those questions up, but, um, you know, whether you're, if you're, you know, of the age to, you know, ask and go look, you know, I really would encourage to seek what, seek out those answers. Um, because, you know, the, the journey to get those answers, you know, is hard. You know, there were times that Rebecca and I had those hard conversations. Mom and I had those hard conversations, but I can truly say that, um, from finding the answer to that, my life has been better for it. Um, and I'm able to, um, you know, even like, especially now, like put myself in Rebecca's shoes and kind of think about the situation that she was in. And I can say she made the right decision. You know, I think about like, you know, I play the what if game, what would my life have been like had she decided to parent? And, you know, I just think like, I can't imagine what that would have been like, but I can confidently say that my life now is better than it would have been. And um, yeah, I just would encourage that, you know, anybody that's trying to, you know, kind of, piece that stuff together or kind of rationalize any of that stuff to, to really just see it through. And, um, it will be a difficult path, but the, um, uh, the peace
1: that comes from knowing that answer is around the corner. Jonathan, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And, um, thank you all for joining us. Um, I think, you know, I'm, I'm even, even as you were, you know, talking about your story today and uh, the, it, 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 there are so many different ways. And Jonathan, you said it beautifully. So many different ways that, that other people's stories play out. And, but, but there are common questions and, and, you know, things that are things that are common to every story. I'm, I'm all, I'm drawn to think back to, you know, back to last year and, the film Life Mark that uh, that we were able to be a part of, and you know, a, a telling of another story of uh, a, a young guy that we got to meet, uh, David Scotton, who um, who on his 18th birthday took his graduation trip to go uh, to go meet his birth mom, and ultimately uh, met his birth dad, and you know, really connected his story together. Um, very, very different story, but, but very, very affirming, you know, of, of the idea of, you know, completing, uh, that, you know, that piece of your story and, and understanding. And, and so, um, you know, thank y'all so much for, uh, you know, for your openness. Um, thank you for your, your willingness to share. And, um, and, and I, I just, I'm confident that there are, There are people and families that are out there that are going to benefit uh, from from hearing the way that you've uh, not only the way that you've shared your story, but the way you've been really transparent about, um, you know, the way that the Lord has ministered to you along the way um, in the story. And, And so thank you so much. And thank all of you for joining us on the Defender podcast. We are. Um, incredibly grateful that we can get to continue to take this journey with you and to, uh, to consider all the ways that God has um, you know, called us into uh, caring for children and families and, and, and putting the gospel on display uh, as, as we do the things that God's called us to do. And so we hope you'll join us back here again next week for another opportunity uh, to hear ways that um, that God is working through His church um, to care for children and families in, in ways that, that magnify Jesus.
0: Thanks for listening to The Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review The Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info@lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Pipe.